0: Podcast. Welcome, everybody,
1: to another episode of The Connection Podcast, where in you- just under an hour, we're going to dive into the Bible and come full circle with God and His Word. And in this episode, joined by another special guest, y'all know who he is? It is uh, Matthew from 602,
2: from uh, Hillsong 602, no, that was funny. That's on Phoenix. Nah, I don't even know why I mentioned the church, honestly. I just didn't want to see Mar ratchet in the same 602 without the. Cu-
1: uh, uh, just, all right. Uh, <laughs> that was a great. Redo, redo. <laughs> that was a great intro, bro. Nice. Um, I think Matt's going to, we're going to have to uh, um, update our, our logo because Matt's going to start being on this more often with us. So, well, guys, in this episode, we're going to be talking about, you already saw the title, Turn It For Good. And if you didn't know, that's an elevation worship song. Go get it now on Spotify. Turn it, or see a victory, but um, that whole concept is what we're going to be talking about. um, God using what the enemy means for evil against us and turning it for our good and uh, just, yeah, using it for his purposes, which is kind of um, an interesting thing.
0: Turn that off, (laughs) Sorry.
1: An interesting thing to say, because really, we'll we'll kind of see this in the book of Job, but everything is from God. Yes, sir. Whether it's from the enemy or not, but so. Mm -hmm. Well, let's jump right into this and get going. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, going way back to the beginning, throwback. Genesis 45. Uh, Let me pull this up in my notes. I'm going to read this from the NLT version. Genesis 45, verses 1 through 8. And it says, Joseph could stand it no longer. Okay, context. What's happening here? Mm. So, Joseph um, has been through a lot. He has been through quite a bit. We have more guests coming in.
0: We do have more guests. Come I on in, ladies. Hey, ladies. Melissa,
1: Lillian, is Kenny behind you too? No. Oh, oh fine. Um, welcome, guys. We just started, started this. So, feel free to sit in and sit join in. And in. Join us.
0: <laughs> we literally, just real quick, we literally have been just talking. The whole entire time, and we just yeah, started recording. We just started
1: recording this. We've been
0: talking, <laughs> so take a seat. Nope. no, can you grab that? We seat got a, we got a lot of talk here about. this
1: <laughs> Got that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rear, the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that easy? You can come sit over here too, right? <laughs> So, ladies, really, really quick, what we're talking about in this episode is uh, Joseph, and we're calling it Turn It For Good. So, we're talking about how God uses what the enemy means for evil and uses it for our good. So, I'll just give you a little background. So, um, anyways, background of this story is Joseph has, you know, his brothers sold him into slavery when he was a young boy. Joseph had a vision um, before that, so his brothers get jealous, sell him into slavery... Um, Joseph gets, you know, traded as property, eventually becomes the leader of Egypt under Pharaoh. And so at this point, his brothers, there's a famine in the land of Egypt. Um, Joseph goes through a whole kind of just dream interpretations and, um, not forcing his way up the ladder, but God moving him up that ladder for this purpose. So at this point, Joseph is now in command of Egypt. He says, Hey, there's going to be a famine in the land for seven years. And so he's prepared for what is to come. And so now his brothers that sold him into slavery are now coming back to Egypt because obviously they need need food, right? And so his brothers come back the first time and Joseph is like, oh my gosh, these are my brothers. Like, what's going on? This is crazy. Kind of has a freak out moment. He goes through a series of testing them to make sure like, have you changed your heart or are you still the same? And so now here we pick up in Genesis 45 and it says, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the the Egyptians could hear him and a word of of it carried quickly to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said, again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves Be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. So really quick in that, notice how many times Joseph says it was God. It was God. Like God sent me. God sent me. It wasn't you. God sent me. Like, I just want to say that's a really good lesson for all of us is that when we are bitter against someone who has wronged us, that might have been very well been God using that person to propel you into Amen. your destiny. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> so, okay, I'll open up for discussion. What what do you guys think about all this? Because right, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery and Joseph's like God used that, like God sent me to that. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Like what? How do we go through these things in our lives? <laughs> <laughs> not all at once. Yeah, not all at once, please. Matt, hit
2: us up. I go because I hate when my youth doesn't have any questions to ask after we preach or something. <laughs> now, fine. Shout out to our youth. I love them. Um,
1: what? So, what's my opinion on on God? What do you think? Like when, like jo- Joseph's ability to be able to look look at his brothers who tried to kill him. I think I think it was great. I think
2: uh, I mean, in my experience, like many times I've looked, I looked back in my past and I've seen God at work. Um, you know, at the moment when it's happening, it's hard to realize that it's him in, in the midst of, of things. Um, but, you know, after some time has gone and you you're able to reflect, you could really see God's hand, you know. And I feel like also when he was telling his brothers, like, you know, it was God and like you mentioned, like he just kept reaffirming it was God. In a sense it, it was kind of like helping his brothers like ease their mind because I'm pretty sure they were feeling so guilty. Mm. and they were feeling so condemned and he just wanted to show them or just remind them or just not even remind them because they didn't even know i guess but just clarify like yo like it's good because like it was really god it wasn't really your doing so don't feel that way of uh being condemned you know like it was god um so yeah that's my little two cents i don't know about the
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Melissa's mouth's full of water. So okay, then why why does God allow why does God allow these types of things to happen to us? Prune. It's the what? Say it again.
0: Swingity swing.
1: <laughs> it's the pruning
0: seasons.
1: What do you mean by that? It.
0: <sighs> it's when. So where is it at in John something? He talks about... John something, something. John little something, something. <laughs> John something, something. <laughs> um, talks about how... And I just did this yesterday. And that's why I was like... So I was doing yard work and we're pruning my lime tree. Ooh. And... What? The lime tree. Um, and I remember the very first time I ever pruned it, I was like, why are we doing this? We're like killing the tree. Dang. But then I actually like read the scripture about it. And then I read, like, the actual, I guess, farmerswiki.com. <laughs> and, like, it was talking about how pruning, like, trees and stuff like that actually, like, taking dead limbs, dead wood off the tree or, like, vines that don't bear any fruit taking it off actually helps and strengthens the tree. And when you get too a fool of yourself, too big-headed and you create all these vines and branches around you, <clears throat> there's not that much sun- sunlight that gets to the core of the tree. So Dang. once you eliminate those branches, the sunlight can penetrate the tree again. And that sunlight is like sometimes God's word or God speaking to us in that time where it's like, yeah, let's be honest. Joseph, he had these visions, and he got pretty big-headed about it. Mm. Let's be real.
2: Why are you preaching? You're what preaching at me?
0: What? Why is she laughing? <laughs> he got really big headed and um you know, ends up being sold into slavery, ends up being uh used by what is his name? Potiphar. Yeah, Potiphar. To go ahead and like paint things and just you know, he's more of like the artistic type. He's not really much of a Like a laborious body Um, So that's That was when God was using him and saying Like okay we're gonna go ahead and just have you You know paint stuff And um, design things And then all of a sudden another situation Happens where like Potiphar's wife tries To tempt him into you know having sex With her Mm -hmm. and then He gets thrown back into jail And he's like why does this keep happening it's like because your head keeps Getting too big (laughs) Stop, bro! Like no, just, anyways, yeah. <laughs> your ego keeps getting filled up too much, and just like those trees, once they have too many branches around them, that sunlight can't hit into them. So therefore, it's no longer like they're they're no longer good. You know, it's not gonna grow any more than that. It's just gonna it'll grow, but it'll grow very crazy,
1: uncontrolled growth.
3: Controlled. Like that.
1: So, um, hold on. Sorry, pull up my notes again. I think it's interesting, right? Because in the Book of Job, this whole concept of we talked about a little bit before, and like who, like in the episode, like who is God, right? Talking about like, because yeah. God is everything, right? Transcended that He is above everything, like through everything in everything. So, the book of Job kind of describes this too, is that even Satan's a created being, mm-hmm. Lucifer, before he fell, right? But So, Satan has to answer to God. We, so, we attribute all these bad things. Joseph, for a little bit, was probably saying, man, the devil sucks. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's sending all this stuff my way. But, it was God. Let me, guys, let me, let me help you guys out. I'm, I'm going to take you over to the Job. Do it. Right? That's uh, so right before the book of Psalms, if you don't know where it is. <laughs> uh, open your, where are Psalms, open your Bible to the middle uh, and just let it fall open. It'll probably land in Psalms. <laughs> so it says in Job chapter one, it says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered to the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright and a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then. Everything he has is in your power. Whose power? Whose power?
2: Power.
1: The Lord, said, oh, to, the yeah, Lord right. said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. Hold on. God gave Satan power?
2: Gave permission.
1: Ah. But on the man himself did not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. That whole thing is laced with just like contradictions, paradoxes. Like, How can Satan be in the presence of God if he's evil? I thought evil couldn't be in the presence of God. And God's allowing Satan to go and do these things to people. God is like pointing out his best people, like, hey, if you'd looked at that person, like, go test them. What? Like, you're telling me God is sending Satan to test people like this? Say that again, Melissa, in the mic. <laughs> Thank you. Yes.
4: It's character development.
1: Character development. Yes. What do you mean by that?
4: Um, and so <laughs> I think that God sometimes gives Satan permission to bring circumstances or people into our lives that are going to painfully correct us mm-hmm. or painfully steward us along the path that God wants to take us. Just because sometimes when we get caught up in having a good, abundant life, which we do find in the feet of Jesus, we also tend to forget about the fact that we need to humble ourselves down before the Father. And so there are certain circumstances and certain people that God gives permission to come into our lives to humble us this way. Um, Had we not ever suffered or had to have that dependency and that need on Christ, we would never reach the full potential or the full extent of god's will over our lives
0: girl do you even know the podcast title of this episode no you just hit it (laughs) what you said the very beginning is that god pain will sometimes allow us to go through a painful character development like painful correction or a painful what was the other one you said
4: um i don't remember (laughs)
0: um (laughs) Painful correction, painful growth. And because God does use evil for what?
2: For good.
4: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and one of the things that I was kind of thinking about is the Bible uses fire. A lot when it talks about, you know, the fire of God. Purification. From heaven. Yes. And a lot of the times this fire represents, like we see in the story of, um, is it Elisha? Elisha, yeah. How he had to set everything on fire so he wouldn't have like a plan B. And so oftentimes like this fire, like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I think like why? Like, I mean, back then there had to have been more ways that they could have destroyed things. And why is it always or usually fire? And it's because it's through that fire that God purifies. And in that same way, it's through the painful fire of certain circumstances that we endure that he purifies us.
1: Easy and I were literally just talking about this at at, uh, Inside Elevation. We were talking about this story and how why did Elisha burn everything? Is because if he didn't, he knew he had a tendency to go back to those things. That things would get hard and difficult and he would want to go back <laughs> to his old old life. The disciples did the same thing. As soon as Jesus dies on the cross, they all flee. And we find them later on in the book of John going back to their old trades. Yeah. And so that's why Jesus says you have to like leave everything and follow me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You going to say something, Matt?
2: No. Oh, you look like you were leaning into the mic. Well, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Think, you're good. Uh,
1: so... <laughs> we're all just looking at each like you want to say something no so again like this book of Job is so challenging because God literally literally allows Satan to go to God's like best man and tempt him and take every, everything away from him was God probably saying the same thing about Joseph like God was like hey Satan have you checked out my boy Joseph like he's pretty good right Job had all these things Job had all these possessions and material and wealth and He was good. Joseph had the same thing. He was given a nice robe from his dad. Like, that's another thing too. I Like, a lot of people don't realize. You think about the story of the prodigal son, right? Yeah. That when when the prodigal son comes back to the father, the father gives him the best robe in the house. Who would that belong to? The father. Mm -hmm. The owner of the household. And so Joseph receiving this robe, like this really nice robe was probably his father's robe, or it represented like, an authority in the household, a, a prominent kind of figure. Yeah. Which made his brothers jealous, which in turn, like, the, like that one action set Joseph's destiny into place. Mm. A robe set Joseph's destiny into place in a vision. Things that, like, material things and, like, something that's not even tangible, God put those there as a way to get Joseph to the place he needed to be. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. That... Like all this happens, and God, like <laughs> my lamp again, man. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> you good? So, so go
2: for it, Matt.
0: Mike, bro, Mike.
2: All right, thank you guys. Thank you. Um. <laughs> so, would you guys say that the enemy's more like a tool that God uses? Absolutely. So, like, I guess he would be like a I don't know. Would you consider a furnace a tool, like to like, uh, you know, do a uh, I don't know, purify metals and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, I've, I've heard this so many times in churches. That's why I kind of want to use it. It kind of got already, like, whatever. But maybe you might be new to your faith and you never heard, heard of this before. But, um, like, gold. Like, to yeah. test gold, you got to put it in a furnace, put it in the fire. And then, like, what Melissa was saying, that's character development. Like, that's how you'll know, like, who's the person ready. Like, when yeah. they're going through that yeah. furnace, when they're going through that pro- those problems. And, like, if they come out still, like, solid, then, you know, they're ready, you know. But, like,
0: that's how you test gold, right? Have you guys heard that analogy? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I've yeah. heard that. I've, uh, the people that, I, that I've heard it from have said, you know, all the riches and jewelry and crowns and yeah. staffs and all that scepters and things that, you know, the kings and queens had in the older days and the older times. Every single one of those pieces of, of jewelry or art or, you know, things like that, they had to go into the furnace. Yeah. They had to get not only just in the furnace and they get taken out and they just get hammered on. Mm, yeah. They just get hammered on nonstop. And then it goes back into the furnace and then it comes back out and it gets hammered on more. Yeah. Because you Refin- can't, exactly. It's always being refined until it gets to the shape that the, that the blacksmith wants it at or mm-hmm. that the jeweler wants it at. That's good. And so, like. Same thing for diamonds, too. Like, diamonds are one of the hardest things to ever cut in the world. So, like, in order for us to cut it, we mm-hmm. need to go to the extremes to cut it.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? So, it's... That's good. Excuse me. And diamonds are formed
2: under pressure and exactly. stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. That's
1: yeah. also... It's in... uh What is that in, Lillian? It's in um, Malachi? Right? There's a... Yeah, Malachi 6, where it talks about, like, the, the silversmith Silver. has to be put it in the fire and...
3: So whenever Matt said, um, "Do you think the fire is just a tool?" Then I think he's absolutely right because if you think about it, the fire doesn't have the power; the blacksmith does. So hmm.
1: he's
0: controlling,
1: he controlling the fire. The fire yep.
3: He controls um, the rod and everything. So just like basically, God is like the blacksmith, and the enemy would be the fire or so his, you're, the so, problem or whatever.
1: <laughs> So we're saying then, because Satan represents evil. Mm -hmm. So we're saying God uses evil as a tool? Yes. Ooh, that's challenging. That's so funny. Like, okay, let's get realistic. Someone loses a loved one to cancer. I... (laughs) Is that is God? Is that God? No.
2: Because God's not the fire. But you is God just, using that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> this is heavy stuff. It's not easy either. <laughs> I'm, I'm, doing, yeah. I'm not. I'm not looking. I, <laughs> like
2: I pulled the mic. I pulled the mic close to me before you even asked
1: that. Now I'm here on the spot. I'm. I'm giving it to our pastor over here. <laughs> nah, man,
2: well, I think it's there's a difference. Like, um, that's just part of like our sinful nature and like sickness coming in through that sinful sure. nature through what Adam and Eve did and stuff. And again, that wasn't, but I think what's so good about God is that he, he uses our mistakes. So that's not him per se. Like we were talking earlier, right? Like he's not the one that makes our choices for us. Like we are, but like, and we suffer the consequences for that. But the good thing is that he uses that. Still, like he's not a wasteful God. He uses he uses everything, even our mistakes,
0: even mm-hmm.
2: the stuff that the ugly parts of us. And I think that's what. Oh,
0: go ahead, bro. Please take it away from me, please, bro. <laughs> Just because you know you're you're asking us the question, um, does God use like the sickness and then a the death for for good? I think he does, as messed up as it sounds, because. Then you would never you would never then have the story of Peter having the chains break off of him
2: mm mm dang okay,
0: because <laughs> because, you put it in perspective. <laughs> because thank you james James got his head cut off was just died. has just died, one of the apostles James, and then Peter goes into prison, prison. and then the prayer warriors of their group go to. John Mark's house and they just start praying, you know, they're sitting there eating their pozole, but they're also in heavy prayer, bro. And they're just like praying for, for Peter. And I don't think if James had not passed away that this miracle of the angel coming to Peter and saying, get up. And then the chains break off and then he walks out and then the door opens on its own would not have happened if there were not something before it.
1: That's so good. So you're saying you're saying that. Oh man, this is so challenging. Like you're saying that these things are predecessors for our breakthroughs. Yeah,
0: most definitely. The
1: these bad things that come into our lives are are potentially predecessors for our breakthroughs. Yeah, just as it
2: was for Joseph. But go ahead, Matt. Oh, I, I was agreeing with you, but I guess like there's enough. no. Like I I agree with um my boy here because. Uh, I mean, it's like Lazarus. When Lazarus died, exactly. Jesus, like, he could have, he had enough time to he go to him. Around. Yeah, he ran over there and, like, healed him while he was sick. But I think they asked him, like, yo, like, what's the point? Like, he's dead already. And then he yeah. says something mm-hmm. within the lines, like, this was, it had to happen yes. so that he could show his, mm. his power and his glory, you know? And that's even then, that's even tough, a tough pill to swallow because <laughs> there's some people that die of cancer and they're not, they're not being revived. So and then you might right. be out there asking, like, yeah, well, that's good for Lazarus that he came back to life, but my aunt didn't. Mm. So what happens in those, in those, uh, yeah. instants? Yeah. So go ahead, Noah,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was going to, I was going to say something too. Hold the, hold on, get that Ooh, mic yeah, I in front know. of you.
0: I got something to say too, cause I actually know, I know how this feels.
3: So, um, I think the pain of death is a perspective.
0: Yes, it is. And yes, so it
3: is. to the person dying, if we... You know, if we're believers, like what's better than death?
0: Exactly.
3: But to the people that are left here in the broken world, that's where the pain comes from. So especially being a hospice nurse, I mean, I see this all the time. Just the peace of the people that are passing, but the pain of the people left behind.
0: Yes. When I moved out here to Arizona, um, this was crazy because they moved us out and they told my dad at at the annual conference at the old church that we were at, like they had done the appointments and they were like, okay, everyone's staying, no one's moving. And then after they they had announced that no one was moving and that my dad would still be in Vegas, they come up to my family and they're like, oh, um, yeah, by the way, we're going to be sending you guys to Arizona. And we're like, okay, that's good. But then no one knew. We had, that was in June. We had till September to get out here, September 1st. That's just like three months, right? Yeah. Within those three months, we had my uncle that was on his deathbed throughout those three months and passing away like a month before my dad goes to his new appointment. And so the craziest thing, and again, every family's different. I'm just so thankful for the family that I have because amidst all this, not once did we say to the cancer that took my uncle away from us, like, oh, why did you let this happen, God? Like, why is this something that, that happened to us? And I can't speak from the other perspective because I don't know that perspective. Because, yeah. again, I'm just so thankful for the family that I have to have the perspective that I do where it's like, okay, they're passing on. That's, that's good. That's bad. It makes us sad. But it's also a joy and a celebration that it is more than anything else, like Lillian is saying. Because that's how my uncle went. He was the most peaceful one in the room. And everyone else is like, no, don't leave us. And he's like, I want to go. Like, I'm tired. Like, I just want to close my eyes and just drift off and just let it happen. And um, it was just crazy because throughout that whole process, not once, could it could have been easy for my dad to have just said, no, I don't want to do this appointment anymore. I want to stay here because moving to Arizona means that we're moving further away from California where all our family's from. Yeah. And that's just like, why would we do that? And no, instead, my dad was like, no, we're going to continue moving forward through what God has called us to do. And even though that this death is happening, yes, it's sad. Yes, it's going to be a celebration of life, but it's not stopping us. We're moving forward. We're continuing through the path because everything that happens does end up working for the good of God's will. Yeah. You know, so.
4: Um. Go for it, Melissa. So I, there's this, why can't I put this down? Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, Psalm 73 kind of touches base on everything that we've been talking about so far. It's quite long, so I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to read some of my favorite um, verses from it. Um, Psalm 73 one says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. Um, But as for me, I lost my footing, my feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. This kind of reminds me about how sometimes God places these visions and these desires inside of our hearts as far as what we want to accomplish in our life, ministry, with our family, and just everything that we desire. And sometimes I kind of have to step back and really think about what my life would be like if I never got any of that and I just had God. And so I think that when we walk in abundance, we often tend to forget God. Yeah. Like the lack of God and how God was the only person sustaining us when we had nothing and when our goals weren't accomplished Mm -hmm. and our vision Mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't actually there for us to obtain. And so this verse just reminds me, you know, like it's the intention of our hearts that God really looks at. And, um, the person who wrote this psalm goes on talking about how they're looking at other people like the rich and the hierarchies and like everyone like above and how they live such sinful, but yet such abundant lives like in riches and the whole, it feels like the whole, most of the psalm he's kind of like complaining in a sense, but also just kind of just venting to God as far as like, Hey, like why is this happening around me and not to me? And then, um, Psalm, I mean, the verse 21 says, then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, yet I still belong to you. You still hold my right hand. You still guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart and my portion Mm -hmm. forever. And then it goes on saying, um, those who desert him will perish for you, destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. And so going back to like the issues of like sickness and, and death and everything that does happen because it, it is a part of life. Um, I do definitely think that God being the glorious God that he is still uses that as a way to bring us closer to him. Right. Exactly. Um, but the Bible itself says that the enemy is he who steals, aims to kill and mm. destroy like yeah. our lives. And so while it may not be God sending us these things to hurt us because his love isn't a love that hurts he definitely uses what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. Whether it is to bring restoration to the person who is experiencing the sickness or helping that person find God on their last days and taking them, you know, to his sovereign glory in heaven or bringing families together and creating restoration with relationships. I mean, anything really can be a testimony of his goodness in that circumstance.
1: I was going to say, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And what you're saying is, is, Like these things force, kind of force us to then depend on God. Because Joseph had to have that revelation too. Joseph had at some point in his life, he said, oh, this was God doing all of this. Right. After a certain point, he realizes like God sent me here to Egypt to to save these people. Right. It says, he says it three times from Genesis 45 that we read. He says, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. And God has made me like Lord of Egypt, right? He's had this revelation that this was God. And didn't, I mean, Joseph was in there for 13 years. And this, I mean, all this kind of begs the question too, well, why, does, why did it happen for my family and not this family? Yeah. Like, why did God take my son, but not their son, in that car crash? Why is that drunk driver still alive, but my son's dead, who was a good person in church and everything? Yeah. And I think it's really our responsibility as believers to use this. This is, this is challenging, but I really do believe that because of our faith, we have that dependence on God to be able to use that as a testimony for those other people who may have experienced something similar or for people who don't have that faith to say like, well, like, you know, to have that as a, as an example to say like, this is how I'm doing this. You know, when people see you go through something like that, that, um, that, court case that just happened right where this uh what was it that officer that killed the wrong person or oh, whatever yeah. Oh, yeah. and like the was it the kid that came up and was like i forgive you
2: yeah, this is brother. like
1: that is insane I'm to be able to do you. that right and it's just it's just like what jesus did it's just like what joseph did he's like i'm not like don't be upset i'm not mad at you like i love you guys. I, like. Don't be upset. Like God did this. He he's using this. Yeah. And that's our chance and our opportunity to take all of these things and say, you know what? God is doing this for some greater reason, or there's something behind what it, whatever is going on yeah. in all of
2: this. Can I share a quick get that, story? Get that
1: mic for you though. Um, and this actually
2: involves uh Melissa, so hopefully Uh-oh. you don't mind. It's not gonna be super like got personal. Hard eyes for each other but. <laughs> So, like, Melissa and I, like, we were dating, like, two years ago, or, like, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, Uh, something like that. We were dating, and um, we were actually engaged and everything, and then um, stuff happened, and we, you know, we weren't together anymore. And (laughs) so, you know, at the time, it was, like, really hard for me. And, like, now looking back, even, like, before we even, she came back into my life or whatever, like... You know, in the beginning of this year, I was looking back at it. I'm like, yo, like, thank you, God. You know, at the moment, it was like the most horrible thing that's ever right. happened in my right. life. But looking back, I'm like, I could see how you worked that for, for, for the good. And like, now that her and I have, we started talking again, like, I can see how it's been for the good of her too. Mm-hmm. And like, now we're both like, because now looking back, we weren't ready. We weren't ready at the time to be, to get married like now going like now like we're like dang thank you god because like (laughs) you stopped us from getting into something potentially harmful yeah Yeah, right and uh you know so like that's like a little small testimony how god like works the bad things for the good you know because in that time it was like uh after we broke up like it was like a year and a half or like a year that i was single but and i was so like heartbroken but like it was that time that i was that pushed me closer to God and I grew in my faith and I grew in character and I grew in a lot of different ways and like it developed me and God used that time to develop Mm -hmm. me and push me closer to him and depend on him.
1: And that's exactly what Lillian and I have been through too. Dated for five years and then God split us apart for a year. But that year was really for us to grow individually with God first. And then he brought us back together. Yeah. Right. And that whole time we're sitting there thinking, like, now we're not gonna get back together," yeah. and God's probably just laughing, like, "Oh, if you only knew! If you only knew what I'm doing right now!" I'm working. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. no, no. I don't think any of us do, but hey, we'll see. <laughs> no, you got a different train. A, tra- a different train to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a different train.
4: <laughs> so I kind of had like a like a question, just because we're talking about how hardship brings us closer to God. Yes. We oftentimes say oh, I love God, right? Like, Jesus, I love you. God, you're so good. God, this, this, that. And sometimes I think, if I didn't have everything that I have, would I still be saying that? Like, if I didn't have, um, like, my, my goals that I've accomplished so far, or if I didn't have my parents, you know, God forbid, or if something were to happen to me personally, would I still as passionately say, God, I love right. you. God, you are good. And I think that one of the things that God tries to teach us, like, I mean, there's a lot of lessons in the Bible, but one of the biggest things is being able to say, God, you are so good even during the storm. Because really the measurement of our love for God isn't in the goodness that he brings, but in the consistency that we have to offer to him through those, through those trials. And so I guess my, my biggest hope for whoever is listening is that one of your prayers is to ask God to, as scary as it sounds, but to keep you humble and to keep you close, um, just because it is very easy to forget about who he is and his goodness in your life right. when you're living it up, you know? And so it's just, yes, you can find abundance in God, but just remember that he is the abundance, not the things that he gives you.
1: And that reminds me of Job, too, because that's exactly what Job had taken away from him. Yeah. It's it's that kind of question, like, if God took everything away, who would you be? If you didn't have that job, if you didn't have that family, if you didn't have that car, that possession, that material, that wealth, who would you be?
0: Again, I have another personal story with this. It won't take too much time. It'll probably be the the ending of it. But... When I was hospitalized for the whole seizure things, I had a moment with my pops there and I was like in tears and I was just like, dad, I don't even know what happened to me. Like I'm in a hospital bed. They got me handcuffed to like the sides. My feet are like not handcuffed, but you know what I'm talking about. Lillian restrained. Yeah. And they just took the tube out of my mouth so I could barely speak. But oh, my goodness, I'm sitting there. I don't even know what happened yet. They have yet to discuss my medical situation and where I'm at. But they were just like, okay, here's your family. Let's have them one by one come in and just, like, say hi to you now that you're awake and you could be, you know, see them. And I'm just talking to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, I don't know what happened, but am I still going to be able to play the drums for church? And he was like, son. And I'm just like, oh, no, here it comes. And I just got tears falling down my face. He goes, if not, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, that's the thing that I love the most. He's like, well, if you can't play drums anymore, how, what are you going to do? I was like, I guess I'll just have to serve God in some other way. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not me who had the ability to play the drums. It was the gift that God gave me, Amen. musically speaking, to play those. So if I couldn't play those anymore, moving forward, I'm going to say, all right, God, what is my next gift that you're going to give me? Is it to talk to people? Is it to pray to people? And that's how I'm going to serve them moving forward. Thank God I didn't lose that ability. Hey. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, I was so ready for it because I'm like, it's true. It doesn't matter at the end of the day what you do, so long as you have a humble heart and a servant heart to serve God and to let those. um. Growing pains come into your life, and yeah. and 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 be a part of that, and then let things go. Yeah, hiccup. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> had a little hiccup there at the end. Lillian's yawning. We all, we gotta go to church in a little bit. Like, oh, Almost <laughs> four o'clock. Well, everyone's hiccuping and yawning, and we're all just kind of. We're gonna need some more coffee before this. Bye guys. <laughs> no, so I mean, at the end of this, right? Like, again, Joseph had 13 years in prison. Job had all these years of of God taking away all these things. So it, it's it's time. Like it, at the end of all of this, like it's time. These things aren't easy when they happen and it takes time, but God does use everything for his good because God allowed it in the first place. That means he knows the outcome of it before it even happens. When Satan comes to tempt Job, God is already like, bro, I know what's gonna happen. Job's gonna get angry, he's gonna get fussy. He's gonna struggle, but at the end of it, it's gonna turn out for his good, right? God's in control of every, every single thing that happens because why everything was created by God. Even, even Satan, even evil was created by God. And this is a, we could go on for hours talking about this controversial and difficult subject, but it was created by God. It was. And so therefore God is using that as a tool Mm -hmm. to allow us to get closer to him. Mm -hmm. It sucks. It's not easy to grasp and not easy to swallow, but it's, it's, it is true that God will use the things that Satan sends our way. He will allow those things to happen in our lives not to harm us, but because he knows how strong we can be. And, and it's only through that refining, what we were talking about earlier. It's only through those fi- those fires that we are refined and tested, right? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Some dope guys. We need, we need to have an episode on those guys because they are awesome. We'll invite them next episode. Yeah, we'll invite them in next <laughs> Love you, Matt. No, it's in, it's in God shows up in the fire, right? He's not just absent in that. He's with us in the fire, right? That Hillsong song, there's another in the fire. Great song, go listen to it. Along with Sea of Victory by Elevation Worship. <laughs> so, well, guys, we are going to end it there because we got some other plans. We got to go get yeah, to church. So, um, before we end this, real quick, going to offer that prayer of salvation for anybody who's listening and says, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Or I want to come to Christ for the first time. We're going to say a prayer all together because the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Jesus or yeah. that God raised Jesus from the dead, yeah. that you will be saved. So I'm going to say this everyone else just repeat after me Dear Jesus Dear Jesus Thank you for this life you gave me Thank
2: you for this life, life you gave
1: me I believe in you I believe, I believe in you and put my trust in you
2: I Put my trust in you I
1: believe you came I believe you came You died You died and you rose again And you rose again Just for me Just, just for, for me. me This is my new beginning This
2: is my new beginning In
1: Jesus name, in Jesus in Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen Amen Hey if you guys just made that decision for the first time we're all celebrating with you, you just heard it there but we're going to keep celebrating with you because we want to hear from you. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's probably a little bit loud there. <laughs> send us an email at connection.podcast3 at gmail.com.
0: Or tag us on Instagram <laughs> through <snatched>. your stories. <laughs> tag us on Instagram through your stories or send us a DM at connectionpodcast. Um, we would love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. And thank you, Matt, Melissa, and Lillian for joining
1: us. On this episode, we hope you guys uh, enjoy. As I said this is going to be the new uh, look. We're going to have new logos, all these, all these new ones. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we hope you all have a fantastic week. We love you all. Peace out.